Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Today, I'm joined by my producer, Eric Johnson. Eric, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Jeremy. Glad to be back, and and I know what you're discussing today, and I'm excited to get into it. You got it. This is part of our series here. We've got the four weeks before the election in fall of 2022, and we're calling it How to Fix America. So I think you and I can figure it out although we might need a little bit of help. And so what we did is today we're going to try to fix America, talking about our federal income tax system. And you might remember having Larry Kotlikoff. He's an economist and mm-hmm. professor at Boston University, one of the top 25 most influential economists in the world. We had him on a little bit ago. And when we had him on, we said, Larry, you're an expert at the American tax code. Tell us, what would you do to fix the American tax code? So we're just going to listen to what Larry had to say for us right now. All right, well, Larry, we're going on a series right now called How to Fix America. Hopefully, we can do it all just in about an hour. That's that's all it's going to take, I think. But there's a lot of stuff going on. Right now, today, we're talking about the tax code, and you've clearly written about a lot, thought a lot about it. I'm curious from you, Larry, what is the number one problem with the tax code, and how would you prefer the tax code to be set up? Well, I'd like us to tax consumption and get rid of the federal income tax and get rid of the corporate income tax and tax consumption and do it on a progressive basis. So I would like us to have a, a retail, federal retail sales tax, a value-added tax. I'd also like to make the payroll tax, keep the payroll tax, but make it progressive by exempting the first $40,000 of earnings. But then I'd like to have what's called a cash flow progressive consumption tax so that The super wealthy who are paying zero taxes these days would actually pay for what they take out of the economy when they consume, whether it's, and they would have to pay tax on their consumption of their housing, their yachts. This is imputed. We can impute their rent in effect, figure out how much uh, they're spending on having a multi-million dollar yacht sitting in their harbor. Um, There's an implied rent and that's consumption. So we'd be taxing the rich uh, now, the way the current rich uh, avoid taxes, just to be clear, is that they just borrow against their wealth. So if you have a billion dollars, you just go to the bank and say, well, I, I need to borrow $20 million this year to cover my consumption. And, and they lend it to you at a very low rate. Meanwhile, you've you got you know, 20 billion in, a billion in stocks that are appreciating and uh, you never sell any appreciated assets. And when you die, you pass the appreciated assets to your kids who then are wealthy and they play the same game. So we need to, so anyway, we need equity, but we also need to, apart from such a bold move of really radically reforming the tax system, we need to adjust the tax system immediately for inflation. We need to fully index the system so that people are not taxed on nominal capital gains because just prices have gone up and of assets and everything else that interest rates are going up. Clearly some a component of the return you're going to get now on higher interest rate is just inflation. It's not a real return. People are going to get taxed on that. So th- these are two uh, things to do, either radical reform, but if you can't do that, let's do um, 
full indexation of the tax system. And if you can't do that, let's at least protect the elderly by taxing just the real income on inflation index bonds that the government issues, not the nominal income, not the inflation protection. So people should be able to take money, buy these inflation index bonds, and not worry that inflation is going to zap them terribly due to um, taxation. Because if inflation's 20%, I'm going to get a higher payout on the inflation index bonds I'm holding. It's all just going to cover me for inflation, and I'm going to have to pay taxes on it. So in effect, I'm paying a much higher effective tax rate. So we should fix that at a very minimum so that old people can securely say, invest and, and have a secure uh, living standard in addition to Social Security under their feet. Yeah. And you can certainly get into a lot more details. And I know that you are very capable of doing that. What I'm hearing kind of two things quick from you is that people are probably paying more in taxes just because of inflation. And that's fundamentally unfair. And at the same time, people are maybe earning money, investing money. Those are kind of things that we like to see happening. Uh, that's a good thing for the overall economy. And there's another way to go about it with consumption, because you could go spend millions or billions of dollars. And if you borrowed it, you didn't pay taxes on it. And so the idea of spending consumption, uh, which is consumption is kind of the economy. And my, you're the professor of economics, right? But consumption is basically the economy. And if a government wants to tax what's going on in the economy, go with consumption, go with the spending, because that's actually what's going on. That's the, the, the movement and the flow of money and, and make that, yeah. that tax happen there instead sure. of on earnings or, or savings or investing, things like that. So another way I would add to what you just said is that we're trying to generate a certain amount of revenue. Right now, we're mostly taxing workers. Mm-hmm. And wealthy people, coupon clippers, are, especially the, the rich ones, are off the hook. And they're older. So we've got this much bigger, bur- workers are typically, you know, primarily young. So we've, we've got, we skewed over the years, the fiscal system to go after young people and uh, led older people off the hook. This is all part of the ongoing Ponzi scheme we've been running with Social Security, with the way we're financing and Medicare, Medicaid, everything, defense spending. It's all, we're leaving enormous bills to our kids and grandkids. So by switching from taxing mostly labor to taxing mostly consumption, you're taxing, you're going to be lowering the burden on workers and raising the burden on older rich people like me. And that's a good thing because that's more equitable for society and for our kids for the next generation. So, so taxing consumption is imp- implicitly taxing wealth because when there's two ways you spend pay for consumption. One is from your labor income and one is from your wealth. And so the, the rich are spending out of their wealth and they're not paying any taxes on their income from their wealth. So let's have, in effect, tax them when they spend their wealth on consumption. If they just invest your wealth in the economy, that's helping the economy. We don't want to penalize them for that. So this all makes perfect sense to economists, at least, and almost every economist in public finance supports, uh, endorses consumption taxation. I, I hear you. I agree. And thank you, Larry. Thank you for all that. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. 
we broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Well, Eric, that was awesome to have Larry on, and of course, he's much smarter than both of us, but he brings up a lot of things a lot of big words, consumption, progressive, value-added tax. I think we can translate some of them. And some of his great points are that when you are somebody that is working and earning income, that's a different situation than when you are somebody that invested and have a business or something where you have wealth. And there's two different types of taxes on income versus your wealth. And it's easier to maybe, I don't know if avoid's the right word, but there's easier way to not pay as much taxes on wealth because you can plan things out more compared to, to income. And so he's, he's coming up with this idea to do, I'm sure he didn't come up with it, but he talks about taxing consumption, which would be a whole different way to change the tax code. I'm not sure if America is ready for that. And may, maybe they are, that'd be, that'd be great because it does make more sense. Like he said, economists believe taxing consumption, which is a fancy way of saying sales tax, is a better way than putting a tax on income than a tax on wealth. And I'll just sum that up too, because when you tax something, you're actually discouraging it, right? If you say, I'm going to tax your income, you might think, why would I go to work? Because 20% or 50% of it's going to the government. Or I'm going to tax your wealth. Why would I go ahead and start a business? Because half of it's going to go to taxes for the government. But everyone's got to buy stuff. Everyone's got to participate in the economy. Uh -huh. And so taxing the consumption through different means, he talked about a value-added tax or sales taxes, things like that. That's economically a better way to go. And yet here we are in America, 100 plus years of kind of not doing it that way. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, when, when he was on the show, I was in the background muted, just listening to the two of you talk. And yes, absolutely, he's brilliant. I just wanna say to the listening audience, please share this podcast with your favorite, your choice of politician. We're not gonna tell you which politician to choose, but share it with all your favorite politicians, please, because they need to hear this kind of stuff. It's such a brilliant idea. Well, it's interesting too, just, and he's going to the core of how you go about actually taxing and what's interesting too, there's another debate of how much the government should have of your money, right? You created it, how much should the government have of that? Mm -hmm. And what, what's funny is you, you listen to the politicians, you listen to people that are voting for politicians, and some people think that we need lower taxes. That's a great thing. We need lower taxes, that's gonna help the economy and grow some businesses. And other people think we need higher taxes, because that's a great thing, because those rich people are gonna be the ones paying the higher taxes. Well, here's what's interesting, and we've got a link to it. The uh, Federal Reserve has been tracking this for over 80 years. But since World War II, you know, close to 80 years ago, the amount of taxes the government actually gets is about 15 to 18% of the economy. Didn't matter if the taxes were high, didn't matter if the taxes were low. Hmm. What's it? Yeah, 15, 18% of the economy ends up going to the government, uh, federal government, as taxes. And it kind of maxes out around that 18% level. And it's interesting, you can look at it, it's almost like when the government starts getting above or close to that 18%, the economy starts slowing down and there's less taxes to collect. But then all of a sudden, when that number gets too low or lower, some people would say, no, it's 
you know, too low is zero, right? That's the way to go. Mm -hmm. But uh, when it gets lower, the economy kind of heats up and there's more taxes to collect because there's more things going on. And I think what uh, Larry Kyokoff is pointing out is that, look, it almost doesn't matter in a way if you're having the left side or the right side fight over high taxes or low taxes, because if the taxes get really high, that just means the rich find a way to defer taxes. People that aren't so rich, they find ways to defer taxes. We're talking to people all the time and whether you make you know 10 grand or 100 grand or 10 million dollars a year you probably want to pay less in taxes and because of that it almost doesn't matter to the government what the tax rate is because that amount kind of evens out to that 15 to 18 percent that it comes in and if that's the case it seems like maybe we'll call it a consensus for 80 years the u.s government whether a democrat republican has kind of said we're going to grab about 18 percent let's call it from americans to finance the government. And if that's the case, it seems like something that's been agreed upon because it's happened for 80 years. You may as well make it as fair as possible. And we'll link to Dr. Kotkloff's, to Larry's uh, website. And something he said right on there, he said our tax and transfer system generates far too little revenue. I, I might disagree with that one, but here's where I really, I agree with it. It says places most Americans, rich and poor alike, in extremely high effective marginal tax brackets which dramatically reduce incentives to work and save, real tax reform requires radical changes to what we tax and how we tax it. I agree with a lot of that. Mm -hmm. And there's a fancy term in there called marginal tax brackets. And you ought to listen to this and learn this, this, this term because we talk to people all the time and they say, oh, my effective tax rate was 7%. My tax bracket was 12%. And we say, you know what? Your marginal tax bracket which is what is the tax on the next dollar that you earned in income or the next dollar that you maybe saved off your income? You know, what does that cost you or, or help you out on? That's what's the marginal cost. And we've seen it so many times where, yes, you might be in the 12% tax bracket, but the next dollar, the next $100, the next $1,000, it's going to cost you 41%. We met a, a couple a few months ago, and they were talking about the Affordable Care Act and how there's this thing called the cliff where you get these premium subsidies. The government will help you with your health insurance until a specific point. It's called the cliff where you go over that cliff by $1 and there goes all of your premium subsidies. And they're saying, yeah, things are looking good. I was out of work, but it's fine. We had the Affordable Care Act and my wife was still working. And then she got a $2,000 bonus and we did our taxes in April and we had to pay back eight grand and oh the, the premium. What kind of nonsense is that to say you got a bonus for $2,000 and because of that, you lost $8,000 in taxes. Jeez. There's things like that that are in the tax code that uh, Larry Kotkoff is correctly pointing out that that's ridiculous. You know, why would you do that where all of a sudden you earn one extra dollar and you pay more in your Medicare? You earn one extra dollar and you lose hundreds or thousands of dollars in different subsidies. And it's not just for the rich, it's for people that aren't so rich. Uh, he talked about it where it was a, uh, he called it a poverty trap, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden you earn an extra dollar and you miss out on that tax credit. You miss out on that government program. So why would you bother to go out and earn that extra dollar? It's, it's just trapping you in a certain uh, situation. And so he's, he's got some good ideas on there. And of course, you could argue back and forth about the levels of you know, taxation and things. But what's so interesting right there is that the government for 80 years 
has been getting about 17 or 18% of your income as Americans in the long run. And it doesn't matter whether taxes are high or low, Democrat or Republican. So you at least make it as fair and simple as possible. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because, I mean, as it is, you know, the saying, the rich get richer, the wealthy can afford the high-dollar accountant that can then Mm -hmm. find them all the loopholes (laughs) that they can take advantage of where most of us are going to TurboTax or, you know, doing something online to where, hey, this is what I can do. And this, you know, you just don't know all the different things you could possibly take advantage of to lower that tax rate, to, to get a better deal, to not pay as much. And I, again, it's, it's not that it's unfair that accountants are getting paid well by people that can afford it, but that's kind of that advantage. Well, right. And it's interesting. A lot of what I do, I hope doesn't exist someday, right? Mm. We do a lot of tax planning and it's saying based on the tax code, you want to pay your taxes this year instead of that year. You got to take your money out from this account instead of that account. That really doesn't do one thing at all to advance the world, right? It helps you save some tax money and I'd love to help you save some tax money. And it's amazing that when you plan things out that you can save tax money. And at the same time, it's a complete shame that your decision on when you check a box is going to hurt or help you on your social security. Or it's gonna say, if I take money from account A versus account B, it's gonna hurt or help you on your tax planning, or you take money out from your account in December instead of January. Well, that's two different tax years. That's could be two different tax situations. And yet we're spending so much time doing that tax planning because the government's made it so complicated. Mm-hmm. And I think the summary of what Larry Kotlikoff's saying there and what we're saying is that it should be as simple as possible. He's got some ideas on there where he says, for FICA taxes, the payroll taxes, the first $40,000 of income, you shouldn't pay that. Right? A lot of people say, oh, the, the poor don't pay taxes. Well, there's payroll taxes. And those payroll taxes add up to about 15% between uh, you, the worker, and the company employing you. And some people say, well, that means the company's paying it. Well, the company could be paying you that money instead of paying it to the, the taxes. So really it's 15% of taxes on your income. And that's a fairly high income tax on when you're making 10 grand, 20 grand, 40 grand. So he's saying you should carve out kind of these beginning exemptions to say, you know, if you have a less amount of income, you shouldn't be paying the taxes. And then above that level, uh, he suggests a 30% income tax. I, you know, personally, I'd like to see it less than that. But what's important about what he's saying is it's, there's no cliffs. There's no situation where you go from 12% marginal bracket right now and then the next dollar goes to 41% or the next dollar causes you to pay more in Medicare or causes you to lose your Affordable Care Act. He's just saying if everyone can agree on some level of where your income is low enough, you're, let's just call it poor enough where you shouldn't be paying a high amount of taxes, well, then every dollar above that, great, you earn some good money. Pay whatever your fair share, whatever America believes is a fair share above that without this high cost to where you lose on some government program or you're paying 41% or some higher amount of marginal income taxes because you missed out on this subsidy or this income tax credit, things like that. That's that's a much fairer way to go. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I like how he mentioned in there protecting the elderly because the, the one that bothers me the most is the widow's tax, right? I mean, that it, it even just sounds terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, 
there's no like income tax law that I know of that says, here's the tax on widows. But it happens that way because when you're a married couple and you're making $105,000, you're in the one of the lower tax brackets, the 12% income tax bracket. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden somebody dies and you lose some social security and you're making like 70 grand. You know, you lost, which is still good, but yet you've lost maybe a third of your income and you're widowed. And guess what? You're in a higher tax bracket. That, that right there is not fair. I agree with you on that for sure. And well, uh, that consumption tax that he talks about would you know, address that issue. Absolutely. Because they're saying, well, there's two people sp- spend a certain dollar amount, you pay the taxes on that. And if you go out and buy less things, and then you're spending less money and you have less taxes. And of course, he's suggesting having kind of the first levels of income, your first levels of spending, not even be taxed at all. And so you're right, that would address that. Yeah, and I think it also, I'll just throw this out there, I think it would also benefit the environment. And the reason I draw that parallel is because people would think twice about buying something brand new. They could buy yes, something used. absolutely. You know, save some money, not be taxed as high or at all, depending on where they buy it. And then you're not being a consumer that's just ready to throw things away because they want to get something that's newer. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. Well, thanks, Eric, for joining us on the show. It's been fun to talk it through with you. Thank you to everyone for coming along on this ride. We're halfway through How to Fix America. Today, we're talking about our federal income tax system. And just to to summarize it, look, it's been 80 years where the government's been taking basically 18% of your income, your economy, the American economy. It doesn't matter if it's Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter if taxes were high or low. When everyone gets some sort of exception to their tax situation, everyone ends up losing. And I think going towards a level where your tax rates are fair and easy as a better deal for everybody. So thanks for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.